Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. Father, our dependence is on you. Thank you for allowing us to wake up this morning to give you glory and honor and praise. And as we come to hear from the Spirit of God, I pray, Father, that our hearts are open, our minds are receptive, and our ears will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us as a church and us as individuals and families. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God oozing out of our very being because without you, we are nothing. We declare our total dependence on you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today, today's lesson is focused on the need for every believer to be in fellowship with each other as well as their local church. Everybody say fellowship. fellowship. Every believer who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, they are part of the church, but also they need to be part of a local church group so that they can walk in unity, but also in fellowship. And I have discovered that many people, they join a church or they attend a church, but they're not in fellowship with the believers in that church. And so the goal of today's lesson is just going to help you see the benefits of fellowship. So I want you to write that down as your title, the benefits of fellowship. And I want you to turn to two passages of scripture. I want you to find Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, Genesis 2, 18. And then I want you to look at Mark chapter 14, verse 13. That was Genesis chapter 2, verses 18, and Mark chapter 14, verses 13 through 16. And as you're turning there, God designed each one of us. He's designed every human being, whether they are Christian or not. He's designed us to be a part of people and not standalones. Everybody say standalone. God is such a God of fellowship when he created everything. He created them in pairs. Even the mosquitoes can't get, they can't get lonely because there's another mosquito there. Now, I don't like the mosquitoes. But I'm saying when he created the animal kingdom, he created two of everything. And it was a reason for that. It was more than just multiplication, but it was also for fellowship. And we're going to see that in Genesis chapter 2. If you're there, say I'm there. All right. In verse 18, it says, and the Lord God said... It is not good, say not good, 
It is not good that the man should be alone. That's interesting. Now, notice it didn't say that the woman would be alone. It said that the man, you know why he didn't say the woman to be? Because the woman was in the man. He said, it is not good for the man that the man should be alone. I will make him a what class? I will make him a help me. In other words, God saw when he created mankind, when he, when he created uh, Adam first, he said, something's wrong with this picture. And so he allowed Adam to discover something was wrong. And if you go and read the context, you'll see that God brought all the animals to, to uh, Adam so he could name them. But then the next part of that verse says, and my wife has turned my page so I can't read it. But it said, he said that, uh, it says, but there was nothing, no mate found for the man. In other words, Adam was looking for someone he could fellowship with. And God designed us that way. And many people walk in life lonely and depressed because they have no earthly fellowship with people. Now, one of the things that you have to notice is that Adam was already fellowshipping with God. Right. And so many times we say, well, I have my relationship with God. And that's enough. But God said it wasn't good. That Adam was alone. So even though Adam was fellowshipping with God, God thought Adam was still alone. Because you can't be all spirit. God created us spirit, soul, and body. So you just can't walk around here. I was talking to somebody one day and they said, oh, God told me to fast. I said, well, how long did God tell you to fast? He said, I don't know, but I'm just going to fast till he tell me to stop. I said, well, what if he told you to stop on day 50? Well, I'll go 50 days. This is exactly what I said to him. I said, then you're going to be dead. He's going to be telling you in heaven. (laughs) Because our physical man needs food. And so he made us in three parts. And most of the time, people, especially religious people, they get saved. And that's why you can have people that stay at home and say, I'm going to watch it on television. But you're not fellowshipping with anybody. And I'll show you today what the benefits are. So go to Mark chapter 14 very quickly. Mark chapter 14, I'm going to read you Proverbs 27, 17. Uh, because relationships are designed to increase you or decrease you. In Proverbs 27, it says that uh, uh, man sharpens, uh, a good man sharpens each other. Let me find it. It says, iron sharpens iron, so does a man the countenance of his friend. In other words... People are going to increase you or decrease you. And so you got to fellowship with people who are going to increase you, who's going to sharpen you. There's nothing like you being sharp, hanging around dull people. Listen, if you are sharp and you hang around dull people, you will eventually become dull. Because iron sharpens iron. Well, in Mark 14, and here's the point I want you to write down. Point number one is this. Jesus was a great example of a person of fellowship. He was the best example of a person who was in fellowship with people. Jesus didn't just hang out with him, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. He saw a need to be around people. And if you find yourself just wanting to be isolated and want to be by yourself, 
Chances are your fellowship with, or your, your fellowship with God is not where it needs to be because God is the God of people. Well, here's one of the examples in Mark chapter 14, verse 13. It says, and he sent forth two of his disciples and he said unto them, go ye into the city and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Now, here's one thing that's not part of my notes, but I want you to see how many people he sent out. He didn't even send them out by themselves. He sent them out in twos. He said, go, and you're going to find a man with a pitcher of water. Follow him. And then verse 14 says, and wheresoever he shall go in, shall you say to the good men of the house, master, our master says, where is the guest chamber where I shall, watch this now, where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples. In other words, Jesus saw it was very important to have fellowship with the people he had relationships with. Now, write this down as a take-home statement. You can have a relationship with somebody, but not have fellowship with them. You can have a relationship with someone, but not necessarily have fellowship with them. In other words... Let's, let's just take a, a parent and a child. Let's say they, they, they end up in a squabble. The kid leaves the house at 18 years old, moves across the world, and never contacts their parents again. They don't have fellowship with their parents, but they have a relationship because they have been, they're related. Are you with me? So you can have, watch this now, you can have a relationship with God, but no fellowship with, with men. You can also have a relationship with God and not have fellowship with God. It's, it's like also you can be on your job with your supervisor. You have a business relationship, but you don't go outside of that relationship to have any fellowship. Right. I mean, some of you are like, I don't even want that fellowship. Please don't ask me to do that. But uh, yeah, but fellowship, fellowship is very important. I know when we went to Killeen this weekend and we were driving and we made a decision I had to make a decision to switch my schedule and come back that following evening, the same evening, because heaven had like a 7.30 a.m. game. Well, I drove down, but on the way back, of course, everybody's tired now. And so we asked uh, Lanisha to drive, and so she's trying to turn on some music. She's just trying to do something and praise God for her husband who has a relationship and wanted to fellowship with her. Because he kept her up while we were just like, oh, we just want to sleep. And so it made the ride easier. Your life is easier when you have not just relationships, but you have fellowship. That ride just went by that much quicker because she had somebody talking with her. She had somebody fellowshipping with her. But if he had just sat there like a frog on the log and went to sleep and she was the only one driving, it would have been, the, the drive would have been so much longer in the middle of the night, so much more boring, so much more, you know, um, desperate for sleep. She wouldn't have been alert. So whenever you're going through life, your fellowship is very important. It makes life easier. Yes, it does. Turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Here's another example of Jesus uh, being a person of fellowship. It's in Luke chapter 7, verse 44. You don't have to write that down. Turn to Acts. But Jesus was invited to a whole lot of stuff. Yes. I mean, he was invited to the marriage. Mm-hmm. Remember where he turned water into wine? He was invited to the wedding. That means Jesus must have been the kind of person that people like to be around. And then he didn't just RSVP and didn't show up. He showed, oh, come on now. He showed up though. He showed up. 
And brought a gift. And, uh, well, <laughs> he you turned know, that water into wine and made it a gift. I just married uh, Sabrina and Carlos uh, last week, and uh, I asked them, I said, Do you all need me to turn water into wine here? <laughs> I was so glad that they said no. But, but that's one occasion where Jesus had fellowship with people. Here's another one. Remember when the lady who came and washed his feet with her hair? He was invited to somebody else's house who was a Pharisee. In other words, Jesus had fellowship with people. He was also invited to, the, to funerals. You know, he did some good things and raised people from the dead there, but I'm just saying. I mean, he was invited to a whole lot of events, and he actually showed up because Jesus loved people. Yes. So... Here's the second point I want you to write down. This is in Acts chapter 1. The Holy Spirit came when there was unity and fellowship among believers. In other words, Jesus could have just told everybody individually, go to your home and at 12 o'clock the Holy Spirit's going to come. No, no. He said, you know what? I want all of you all to be together. I wonder why did he do it that way? Because he could have easily just said, hey, go home and everybody experiences at home. No, because fellowship is important. And in Acts chapter 1, look in verse 4, it says, and being assembled individually. No, together. It says, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says, you have heard of me. Watch verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Here's the kick verse, verse 6. When they, everybody say they. They. When they therefore will come together. Notice they obeyed his instructions. They saw the benefit or they saw the necessity of gathering together. And when they came together... Let's see what happened. They ask of him saying, Lord, will the time come for you to restore the kingdom? And then verse 7 says, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons. And then verse 8, he says, but you shall receive power when? After. After the Holy Spirit comes. So they came all together. And if you continue to read, they all gathered together in one place because fellowship is important. Fellowship brings the anointing. Fellowship brings unity. The Bible says that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. I am there when more than one person is gathering. You can have that communion with God, but that I am there-ness presence only comes when there's two or three of you gathered together in his presence and in his name. So a lot of times we, you know, we excuse this going, well, I'm just not a people person. I've always been like this. I, I just to myself. I don't like, oh, I just can't stand people. I'd rather be with things than people. Well, that's the result of some kind of wound or something because the Holy Spirit in Bible says that he will shed abroad the love of Christ in your heart. And the love of Christ is very people welcoming very you know so when you're just that person and you always have that sour look and you're just like oh i can't stand people there's something wrong with that there so we're challenging you today to switch that and to really get into the spirit of christ and to get into the personality of christ the bible says in galatians that we should walk in step with the spirit 
That we should have love and kindness and meekness and long-suffering. All of those things are fruit of the Spirit. When that same Spirit of Christ is in us, then we have the mind of Christ and we behave like Christ. We cannot just be by ourselves, eat by ourselves, go to the movies by ourselves, paint our toes by ourselves. You need some fellowship. Your life will be so much better when you get a friend. And that's the thing. I think people think that their life will be better by themselves. Yes. Th- th- that, that movie was just wrong. I can do bad all by myself. Well, you, you're right. But you know what? You can do much better not by yourself. You know, there are some of you all here who've been coming. You've been a member for a year, and you don't know nobody here at the church. They know your face. You may know their face. You don't know nobody's name. You come in here. You receive the word. And this is across America. People come to church and don't have, a fellowship, don't have fellowship with nobody in the church. I challenge you today to get to know some people that are right here. Now, now let me show you something because she said it, but I'm going to give it to you in a principal point. The ho- Listen, the Holy Spirit or what I call miracles occur when there's group settings. Uh, there are very few miracles that happen just one-on-one. See, God wants to show himself broad among a lot of people. So remember, remember now when Jesus made the, the, the uh, water and the wine? There was a group of people there. That's right. The Bible says that the servants knew it. So plural was servants. Then there's another time when he raised Tabitha from the dead. And the Bible says that there were people already outside mourning for her. Right. And he had to pass through those people. Then he raised Lazarus from the dead. And Mary and Martha had called him. And the, all the people were already wailing at the tomb. And he came and he created a miracle. So, so most of the major moves. Okay, let's take the Jericho wall. Let's go to the Old Testament. Notice how many people were involved in that process. Mm-hmm. That was a f- group of people. Can you just imagine somebody... That was part of the group, and Joshua said, okay, 7 o'clock in the morning, we're all getting up. We're going to be at the wall at 8 o'clock, so be ready. Get your sandals on. We're going to march around the wall eight times. And you, because you are an early person, 7 is too late. I got too much to need to be done. So you, with your good self, get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and you marching around the wall by yourself seven times. And nothing happens to the wall. You know why? Because it was, listen, the instructions were for a group and not just for a person. Whenever you do things in a group, whenever you do things with with fellowship in mind, it becomes so much easier. The wall fell down just like that because everybody was in sync with each other. Everybody followed the same principle. Everybody followed the same instruction. They were not all the same. They weren't robots, but they were obedient to the principle of fellowship that God was showing and displaying at that time. You know, we have an example here um, that just happened last week. This just happened last week. This happened last week. Um, In our bongo babies, uh, in our pre-K section over there by the gym, we need a lot of help. Because we bought all this new equipment, we have this bigger space, and because we have a bigger space, we have to now kind of box off the areas much more to keep the children safe so they're not running just crazy. Well, in doing that, the setup for that is a whole nother animal. It's increased. That we did not really plan properly or know how to plan for. So what ended up happening is that we started getting reports. Our teachers are getting warned because they are having to set up and break down and teach. It's taking them an hour and 45 minutes to do it. You know, they're getting weary. They're getting tired. And of course, none of you want all your babies in here. All right, because you enjoy the service that we provide, but we need people to help. And so we had a meeting and we we asked for some help and we put out something on the lounge and said, hey, we need some help. And some people came and helped and they actually showed up on time. 
last week. And, when, and they were here from 6.30. When they showed up on time last week, it took 30 minutes. 30 minutes. To set up what would normally took an hour and 45 minutes. It cut it down by a third. So do you know what that can do when, we, when they showed up together, when they showed up on time, when they, you know, it wasn't just one person. It was like six or seven of them. They were able to chat and laugh and have fun setting it up. And it was just a short amount of time. That's what happens. And guess what? Then our teachers were happy. Because they didn't have to do the setup. And then your babies were happy. You didn't have any miserable people receiving your babies because they're all grumpy and tired from doing it from 6 o'clock in the morning. Give me that baby. If you get her, you get her. baby. No, they were like, oh, welcome. They were so much happier because we received the help we needed. Because hell, even in fellowship, when you're serving, fellowship is good. Yes. It brings fellowship. And so we still need some help. If any of y'all want to help, we do have about four more spots. So, man, we need some men in the bongo babies. Babies respond to men so much better. So, I want you to turn to 1 John 1, because we're going to close with this point. It's a major point, and here it is. Fellowship with other believers is a sign that I'm in fellowship okay. with God. Uh-oh. I'm going to say that. And you know what? I want you to write this one down. Fellowship with other believers is a sign that I am in fellowship with God. I know a lot of people say, oh, God, I love God. Oh, we were just, me and him was just worshiping this morning, and we were just having a good time. But they have no fellowship with nobody here that they can see. The scriptures even say, how can you say you love God who you can't see, and you can't even love this person over here who you can see? And then we just, we just lie to ourselves. Well, I can love him with the love of Christ, but I don't have to like him with myself. You know, the Bible says that he's in us and we're in him. How do we get the, the privilege or the right to separate who we're going to love and separate how we're going to love? If Christ is in us and we're in him, I can't like you with myself and love you with God. No, i got to either love you with Christ's love or I don't love you at all. Either I'm acting like Christ or mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I want you to begin to think, okay, how can I broaden my fellowship? My circle. Of myself. Within the church God's put me in. How can I broaden that? First uh, John 1, look in verse 5. Boy, this is going to be very convicting right here. It says, this then is the message which we've heard of him. And declare unto you that God is what? He's light. Who's light? God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. I like how they put that. They could have just said in him is no darkness. They said no, no darkness at all. Then verse 6. If we say, watch this now. If we say that we have what class? Fellowship with the light or with him and we walk in darkness. We what? We lie, do not the truth. But here's the kicker verse. I want you to see this. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, or we could translate to say, if, but if we walk with God, because remember he says God is what? So if we walk with God, we should have fellowship with who? Oh my goodness. You cannot say you have fellowship with God and don't have fellowship with people. They said, you know, we have fellowship with the Father, and then we also have fellowship with you. So here's something that I wrote down. It's not a, a take-home verse, but it's just a thought. Here's a thought. Fellowship with other believers 
is a sign of my growth and maturity, while individualism is a sign of selfishness and stagnation. It's also a sign of immaturity because whenever you are a child and you have mine, your toy, mine, mine, that's right. Mm-hmm. You don't want to share. You know, nobody touch you. Nobody be with you. You're just miserable. Give me my stuff. It's all for me. It's all for me. So it's a sign of your maturity too. If you're willing to come out of your box. What I really like about this verse here, pastor, is when it says in verse six, it says, we lie and do not the truth. That means we may know the truth, but we deceive ourselves because we don't do what we know. Mm-hmm. So to know the truth and do the truth is two totally different things. And he's saying here, we know the truth to fellowship. We know the truth to be truth to be kind one to another. We know the truth to not be selfish. But doing that, if we do not do it, then we deceive ourselves. And there's no, there's, this Bible says there's no light in us at all. Now, let me, let me define fellowship so y'all can get this. Fellowship means, well, it's the Greek word kononia. So when y'all see kononia, that means fellowship. But it means communication. So you can't say you're in fellowship with somebody if you're not talking to them. Well. Communication. Here's another word. Contribution. If you're not giving into a relationship, you're not in fellowship with that relationship. Here's a third one. It means to distribute and just to fellowship. In other words, fellowship is a verb. It's a verb. You can know if you're in fellowship by just examining your actions. So here's my question again. How many people in this church do you know and have fellowship with? Or are you this lonely Eiffel Tower sitting over in the corner looking at everybody else? You can pick out everything that's wrong. Oh, they got a bad spirit right there. Oh, yeah, she got a bad spirit right there. I'm going to have to tell pastor about that right there. Right there. You got all these suggestions. Oh, I think we need to be doing this. We're doing this. But you are not in fellowship with not even the chairs. And you can't just fellowship with pastor. You're just lounging pastor. Well, I'm in fellowship. No. You have an email relationship with pastor. You, you can't just fellowship with, with one person in the church and believe that you're fellowshipping with the church. And that's why we're having the picnic. That's the pi- right. You know, the picnic costs a lot of money. A lot. It's not about the money. It's about you. It's about us coming together as a church family, getting to know one another, spending some time so we won't have to rush in and rush out. Now we get a t- chance to just see the real you. <laughs> so if you ain't took your medication, you better take it before you get there. <laughs> You know, you come to church, your medication lasts about three hours, but you got to take it again before you get to the picnic now. We're going to see the other side of you. Michael Jackson, you fly. Okay. Security. Security. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Go, go to 2 Corinthians 8 and we'll close right here. Go to 2 Corinthians 8. Go to 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8. Now, some people... They are different in church than they are outside of church. And that's why they don't want to fellowship with nobody in church. Because they're going to be like, you are so nice at church. You act so ugly outside of church. I didn't know you cuss like that. 
Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter eight, look in verse four, because here's my goal. I really want to challenge you all to fellowship. See, a church ain't a church without relationships. In 2 Corinthians 8, what verse did I tell you? Verse 4, I'm going to read verse 4, and I'm going to keep reading. Well, I'll just stay in verse 4. It says, let me read verse 3. For to their power I bear record you, yes, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Verse 4. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. In other words, they would have given a gift and take upon us the what? The fellowship of the ministering of the saints. Biblical fellowship, ministering to the saints. Biblical fellowship should always include a serving, ministering, and being in each other's presence. You can't say that you are in fellowship if you're not ministering or serving or being in fellowship with other people. You can't say it. You can say, I went to church. Now you say, well, pastor, what in the world are the benefits of being, of, of, of you know, because see, most of us don't have enough time. How many don't have enough time in a day? How many wish they had, you know, some extra arms and legs? Or I, I just wish I could clone myself. But since we can't, it's going to be a stretch for some of us. See, it's a stretch for some of us to go to the picnic because, you know, we could have stayed at home. We could have got a nap because we got to go to work tomorrow. Uh, no, it's, everybody's off tomorrow, right? No, there's a school day tomorrow. Wait a minute. When was Memorial Day? Tomorrow. Aren't y'all off? How many off tomorrow? Let me see. Okay. Well, so, all our kids go to school tomorrow for makeup snow day. Oh, do they really? Praise God. We get to stay at home and our kids go to school. Woo, I think I'm going to be ready by then. <laughs> Heaven have a tournament. She won't, we won't be at home tomorrow. Oh, Jesus. Just let all the air out of my bag there. Kill joy. What are some of the benefits? Here's one of the benefits of being in fellowship. Life. We're all part of the body of Christ. The Bible says we are members in particular. So if I'm a hand and I'm connected to the arm, I'm going to get life from the arm. And if I'm an arm and I'm connected to the shoulder, I'm going to get life from the shoulder. And if you just keep going, the whole body being connected gets life from each other. So the major benefit of just being in fellowship is Having life. Let me tell you another one. The Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens. What does that mean? Be there, support each other, help each other, strengthen each other. Well, how can you do that if nobody even knows you exist? So I want to challenge you today. Extend your life by extending yourself. People who, and this is, this is proven, people who are active when they're in their, in their older age tend to be, live longer than those who are not. And I believe if Jesus is the head of the church, and he is, and we're the body, as long as we stay connected to that body through a local church and fellowship, the life of Jesus Christ flows through us 
And the anointing that comes from the head, because it flows from the head down to the feet, whatever God has anointed you to do as an individual, the anointing will be there because you're connected to the body that's connected to the head. Did y'all get that? Here's another one, and I'll, I'll close with this one. When you're connected and in fellowship with the church, that church can have your back That's right. when things are going bad in your life. Amen. Amen. And can anybody testify? Amen. I mean, ain't not, listen, God forbid, but if, I think if I ever had to go to the hospital, I've never had a broken bone, never been sick. But I'm saying if I ever had to go to the hospital, I believe I would have so many visitors, they would have to empty the hospital. Yes. I mean, be honest. How many yes. would, would, would come and see me in the hospital? Let me see. Ooh, look at that. See what I'm saying? Now, see, if I ask some of y'all, how many would come and visit you? You'd be like. <laughs> That's right. Three. Well, who is that? My daughter, my son, and, and, my, puppy. and my puppy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now, one of the benefits is you get the support that you need. So I'm going to close with plugging True Group, even though True Group is done. That's why you need to be involved in a true group because that's a form of fellowship. And an era of ministry. And you know what? Let me say this. Let me say this because my time is done. Let me, let me, let, oh, Jesus. Because this is, let me tell you what I just saw. I saw some people with bandages on, cast, because you got hurt at the last church you were in. And so to prevent from being hurt at this one, you just decided I'm going to attend, but I'm not going to connect. Listen, those people that hurt you ain't over here. Those people who disappointed you, they're not here. Give everybody here a new chance. And I believe when we open our hearts to fellowship, not only will we be in fellowship with God, we'll be in fellowship with each other. Amen. Did you get anything out of the message today? Now, one of the things you can do is um, during... In your bulletins, there's a event sign-up card. On the back of your card, they do have a request that you can request a true group. Mm -hmm. So even you can even get the jump start.